and welcome to the Age Space podcast that gives you ideas, inspiration and hopefully some solutions to anything to do with elderly care. I'm Annabelle James and I founded agespace.org, which is a one-stop online resource for anyone anxious about or caring for elderly relatives. Today we're going to be talking about cars and driving which are quite emotive issues. And it's something that comes up a lot at age space. There are safety issues as drivers get older, but there are also huge benefits to carrying on driving. How do we get the balance right? So I'm really pleased to be joined today by Lorna Lee, who's campaigns manager for the AA. Lorna, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, perhaps we could start you know, with one of the things we get asked most about. You know, For somebody who's been driving happily for probably decades the prospect of giving up their car is really fraught on a number of levels yeah it's important to remember that the ability to drive is much more than that connection with the car it's a connection to the outside world and the ability to lead an independent life is all tied up together and I think especially as we get older that feeling of being independent and in control of what we're doing becomes more and more important so for us it's really about making sure that people can stay as safe as possible as drivers for as long as possible because there is a huge impact when people do eventually finish driving. Absolutely and I think you know we'll come back to that a bit later on and certainly my own experience with my mum was a bit of a nightmare. It makes me shudder thinking about it. So what are the rules about driving as you get older? Once you get to 70 you have to renew your driver's license so that means filling out a declaration and it's not a requirement of that process that you have an eyesight check but you have to reapply for your driving license at 70 and then every three years again after that so it's a good chance to get an eyesight check anyway we should be doing that regularly however old we are whether you're a driver or not or not actually it's important to look after your eyesight but particularly when you're driving you need to know that your, your eyesight's in, in good condition and if you have a pre-existing condition that might or might not impair your ability to drive are you obliged to declare it yeah, you have to make a medical declaration as part of that. It's probably best if people go online, but there's a huge list of things that you need to declare to the DVLA. And by doing that reapplication at 70, you have to sign and, and declare anything. I mean, it's worth people knowing that at any stage in your driving life, if you become subject to a medical condition which is declarable to the DVLA, then you need to let them know then. You don't just wait till you're 70. <laughs> right. No, that makes sense. Are older drivers generally safe? You compare them to young men. And I'm just wondering, you know, what the statistics are, relatively speaking, about older drivers and general safety. Yeah, young drivers are statistically more likely to crash than older drivers. There's kind of an inverse curve through your driving life. So you start off with a high risk and then it dips and dips and dips and dips and dips. And then it starts to increase again as you get older. It's important to remember, I think, as well, that older drivers tend to self-moderate fairly well. So as you get older, your circle might decrease, so you might not drive quite so far. You might decide you're no longer comfortable driving in the dark. And older drivers, generally speaking, most people are quite sensible about it. They think, well, I'm not comfortable driving in the dark anymore, so I won't do it. Um, I just want to be able to drive to the shops. And they'll self-restrict. I'm sure that's right. And so what is the best ad advice about making sure that older drivers keep safe? I think it's initially about awareness, so both for the drivers and then also if you're worried about a friend or a family member as they get older. 
does it look like their reaction times are slowing down? Are they having difficulty turning to see when they're reversing? Are there lots of small things like knocking the curb that indicate that perhaps spatial awareness isn't what it used to be? Confusion. Road layouts have changed hugely over the years. There's far more traffic now as well. There's lots more signs on our roads. So that can be confusing for someone that learned to drive years and years ago when the roads are much simpler and much quieter. If it's a parent or someone that you're worried about, just do their car seem to have like quite a few little scrapes and dents that might <laughs> indicate that it's time to start having a conversation about it. Should you, can you stop an older person driving? And if you can, what do you think is the best way to go about doing this? I think the best thing is to start with a conversation. The ideal situation would be if you or if, you know, if you're worried about someone else or if they're worried about themselves, have a chat. I think there's just so much tied up in it. That's why it's such a difficult conversation to have. Absolutely. And so presumably it's about trying to start that conversation almost before you need it, really, and start to get everybody into the groove of maybe not having a car. And I think as well, having the conversation about it means that you can help them plan for not having a car. So you can make sure that that support is there so that when they stop being able to drive that they're not suddenly stranded and isolated. One of the most important things you can do if you feel that it has come to the point that you need to start talking to someone about it, that you're worried about their safety, is to suggest the idea of having an independent assessment because that brings in a third party into the equation and it can make it feel less like a personal attack. Um, particularly when it's children talking to parents. I think it's always very difficult when you're trying to uh, not tell your parents what to do, but it's kind of reversing that relationship you've had your whole life and they've looked after you and now you're trying to look after them as they age. It's emotionally fraught. So booking an assessment, an older driver assessment, Rosper run them, and it's not pass or fail. So you're not going to be, you're not going to have your license taken away from you. You'll be given feedback about whether or not they think you're safe or not, what things need improving, and whether they think some extra training would be beneficial. We ended up having to get my mum assessed and we completely underestimated it, actually. I mean, in a way, there was no way she was ever going to drive again. But we felt that getting an assessment might be a step in that process of having the conversation with her because she really didn't want to believe that she wasn't going to drive again and it was probably one of the most traumatic days of our lives I think because <laughs> she went round an old airfield and the lady who went with her came back absolutely white knuckled and said she's definitely not driving for another six months and they sent a really detailed report which of course was mortifying for a woman who'd driven very happily for 50 odd years and you know, as a family, we just totally underestimated the kind of impact that that was going to have. It was just, ooh, awful. Makes me feel sad just thinking about it now, really. Yeah, and I think especially if you live in an area where there's not great public transport, then the ability to just get yourself to different places just it can't really be underestimated. Definitely, and I've certainly seen that in my own family. And in terms of presenting alternatives to driving your own car, again, we have quite a lot of conversations about it at Age Space. And there's some people who want to go down the almost cost-benefit analysis of actually not owning your own car anymore and how you can spend the money on taxis or freedom passes for the buses and shared driving. And you know, what would you advise people to think of as alternatives, really? I think you're right if finances come into it as well then perhaps it's not 
the most financially efficient way of transport is to be taxing a car, insuring yourself on a car, if you're only driving it for a very, very minimal amount. A lot of it comes down to how willing someone is to rely on other people for lifts, how comfortable they feel doing that, how able other people are that are around them to give them that help and support. It depends where you live and it depends on the support network that you have around you. And what about car insurance as you get older? I know it goes up and I'm sort of intrigued to know a bit more about why. Yeah, it does go up again. I think I mentioned earlier there's that kind of inverse curve of your risk of being involved in an accident. I think as you get closer to 70, it will start to creep up. Insurance is is a pretty black and white way of looking at risk. There'll be a basket of risks and they will take into account a huge variety of things when they're looking at getting your premiums and it will take into account some personal things like your age it will take into account things like where you park your car where you live how much driving you're doing so there's lots of different things that are bundled together and that's what comes out as your risk profile but your age does have an effect on that and what about the cars themselves are some cars better than others for older drivers yes yeah, so if you're looking at like buying a new car or perhaps you're not comfortable in the car that you've got Some of the important things to look for as you get older are around personal comfort, so something that's easy to get in and out of, so doors that open nice and wide, not a car that's got hugely high or low profile, so something that's easy to get into. Good visibility around the car can also be a big asset to older drivers, so ones with larger mirrors and bigger windows can really help. And there's lots of technology now, which is helpful to all drivers, but also helpful to older drivers, so cars that have parking sensors, some of them have got parking cameras as well. You can get lane departure warning systems and then things which aren't really a safety feature but will just make things a bit easier for you, like automatic boot opening so you're not pulling up a boot. There's also a system of NCAP ratings. So that is a safety rating for cars, new cars on the market. You can look them up and see and make sure you're getting a car that's got a good safety rating. Oh, so that's NCAP, N-C-A-P. That's it, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And what do you think about driverless cars are they really the future I have to say I find the whole thing slightly terrifying (laughs) I think we're a long long way from fully driverless cars so the kind of stepping stones to that are more autonomous features within a car that is still driven by a person and there's an awfully long way to go before autonomous cars so maybe by the time I have to give up my driving (laughs) license (laughs) which actually isn't so far away (laughs) thank you Lorna that was really great to talk to you Uh, We have more information at aidspace.org, including a blog I wrote about my mother stopping driving, which is a bit more detailed than you've heard today. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. That helps us reach more people trying to find their way with elderly care. There are more podcasts on care, benefits and dealing with money on the site. So do have a look at those. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.